Hello and welcome to the weekend wrap for the week on Wednesday. I am Ben Davison and a very happy May Day this 1st of May 2022. That is a happy May Day to every working person around the country and around the world. Because on the 1st of May, we celebrate the workers of the world uniting and fighting for better pay, better conditions and safer workplaces. Of course, if you're not already a member of your union, what better day to join than on May Day? So go to australianunions.org.au slash wow, that's W-O-W, to join your union right now. Of course, I extend this solidarity to every worker in Australia and around the world, except, of course, to James Campbell. James Campbell, a political editor for the Murdoch Press, who has gone on Insiders this morning and basically proceeded to dismiss the issues that impact working people in this country, saying that elections are won by people who have mortgages. Elections are for people who have mortgages. Well, Mr. Campbell, you may be surprised to learn if you ever bothered to do any research that only a third of Australians have mortgages. And a third is not enough to get to an actual majority. A third of Australians own their own home outright and a third of Australians rent, as we've discussed on the week on Wednesday many times before. James Campbell is locked into a historical understanding of Australia's housing market and our labour market. I'm focusing on the housing for now, but I will get to what he had to say about working people shortly. Because quite frankly, a man who is supposed to be the political editor of major news publications should understand how Australia's housing market is structured. Clearly, James Campbell doesn't, or else he wouldn't go on Insiders and make a total fool of himself the way he did this morning. That, of course, wasn't the only ridiculous, nonsensical thing he said. The issue of cost of living was raised. And what was James Campbell's solution to this? Massive increases in immigration. Because in his words, and I want to get this quote exactly right, there are anecdotally, he's hearing stories of people earning a lot of money doing menial jobs. Well, Mr. Campbell, it may surprise you to learn that as David Spears tried to point out to you, wages are not going up, wages are not keeping pace with inflation. And the idea that somehow or another we need to flood Australia with cheaper labour, that's the implication of what he was saying, by the way. Let's not beat around the bush here. What James Campbell was saying, what he was dog whistling to, was the idea that we should import temporary migrant workers to do quote unquote menial work for lower wages than what Australians will do that work. James Campbell has no basis, no basis except. Anecdotally, anecdotally, people saying to him they're struggling to find staff. No question, no question that reducing the amount of temporary migrant workers in the economy has reduced the amount of temporary migrant workers in the economy, has reduced the number of people prepared to work for less than minimum wage, has reduced the number of people being exploited because they have no democratic rights, because they are in precarious, not just employment, but precarious living situations. For James Campbell to go on 
the national broadcaster, and suggest that the solution to rising cost of living is to further reduce the wages of working people and to exploit whole populations of working people is not only out of touch with the reality of what's causing inflation in this country, which is broken supply chains, a lack of productive investment by business, a lack of available resources to meet the demands that people are making, the fact that our free trade agreements mean that you make more money selling so many of our vital commodities like liquid natural gas, like beef on foreign markets than you do selling them here in Australia. James Campbell has no concept that these things are impacting the costs for everyday ordinary Australians. Instead, James Campbell somehow or another thinks that the 1980s, 90s, 1970s approach to inflation where wage growth was outstripping the profitability of corporations and therefore driving inflation somehow still exists. James Campbell is living in a reality that does not exist. James Campbell is living in a past that quite frankly is being told through a lens that only neoliberals even still find remotely believable. It's ridiculous, it's nonsensical, and the man frankly shouldn't have the job he has, let alone be put on insiders. What he said today was incorrect and insulting to the millions of hardworking Australians who work in hospitality, an industry he specifically singled out. The millions of hardworking Australians who work in retail, in aged care, in the NDIS, in healthcare, in childcare, workers whose wages have gone backwards substantially. Workers' wages will go back $2,000 this year because of the policies of the Morrison government. James Campbell's solution is to drive wages even further down, even further down. That will simply allow profiteers to take even more profit at the cost of working people. Now, moving on from James Campbell and his disgraceful and embarrassing display on Insiders, I want to talk about the election. Obviously, big day, big, big day for the election. But there's a few things before I get to Labor's policy launch in Perth, its campaign launch in Perth, some fantastic, fantastic things in there to talk about. I also want to talk about the fact that Labor has committed to a Royal Commission on robo-debt. Regular listeners to this show will know that Van and I and many, 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 many other people have consistently decried the use of robo-debt to harass and bully and drive down the mental health of job seekers in this country. There were some 381,000 people who were wrongly pursued for some $751 million by the Morrison government. Morrison was the Minister for Social Services. He's now elevated Anne Rustin, who was the most recent Minister for Social Services, to be the Health Minister should he get elected. This is a government, the Morrison government is a government committed to the demonization and the bullying and harassment of Australians 
who find themselves without a job, often through no fault of their own. It is a responsibility of government to provide employment. It is a responsibility of government to provide support when that employment is not forthcoming. Instead, Morrison and his government led an absolute, absolute witch hunt against unemployed workers in this country. So much so that their pursuit of 751 million was not only, not only an illegal attempt to extort money from some of the most vulnerable people in this country, it ended up costing the Commonwealth, costing all of us collectively $1.8 billion in a settlement that had to be paid in order to avoid the Commonwealth losing a class action lawsuit. As Bill Shorten said, on the steps of the courthouse, the Morrison government came and settled for $1.8 billion so it didn't have to admit that what it did was illegal and immoral and un-Australian. Well, friends, Anthony Albanese and his government, including Bill Shorten, will have a royal commission to get to the bottom of this because there are thousands, 381,000 stories and the families of those people that need to be told and heard. And of course, we know, we know many, many needless, needless harms were caused, including, unfortunately, a number of deaths. So justice is on the horizon, but only if we get a Labor government. Three more years of Morrison and those stories will be lost into the ether. There will be no inquiry. There will be no Royal Commission. There will be no justice for 381,000 Australians and their families if Morrison is allowed to hide behind the power of government. So put the Liberals last. If you want justice, you want justice for robo-debt and you want to make sure it doesn't happen again, you want to make sure that Anne Rustin doesn't roll out the cashless debit card just like she rolled out robo-debt to every single person who receives a government payment, just like she's rolled it out to more than 20 people on the age pension in Queensland. If you don't want that to happen, put the Liberals last. I can't be clearer than that. Because let's face it, folks, the Morrison government in this campaign has shown its true colours. It has gone to businesses that are offshoring jobs. It has gone to businesses that are exploiting temporary migrant workers. It has gone to businesses and handed out cash to, to companies where the chair is a former Liberal minister. It has gone to companies and handed out cash with strong connections to Liberal donors and Liberal Party members, millions and millions of taxpayer dollars handed out, pork-barreled, whatever you want to call it. And of course, they refused to accept the need for an independent corruption commission. Why? Just look at their campaign. Look at the places they've gone. Look at the announcements they've made. That in itself is a brief for a federal ICAC. It's quite remarkable, quite remarkable. This week, Morrison has also had ministers calling for pay rises, not for aged care workers, not for 
disability support workers, not for people in our hospitals, not for childcare workers, but for ministers, for Commonwealth ministers. His government wants to increase the pay of itself. Unbelievable. And yet entirely, entirely true. They once again announced that they would reduce the cost of medicines. This was in the budget and taken out of the budget, but left in a speech given by one of their ministers. So it was on the Hansard that they were doing it, but then they weren't doing it. And then they tried to remove it from the Hansard. Then they got caught trying to remove it from the Hansard. Now, apparently, they are reducing, if they get re-elected, medicines by $10. Labor, of course, has trumped that today by saying Labor will reduce the cost of medicine by $12.50. The on-again, off-again cut to medicines from Morrison or the solid guaranteed reduction in price from Labor. That's the choice. And of course, Morrison's campaign is such a broken, shambolic caravan of chaos that he stooped so low this week as to attack Anthony Albanese and say that people who are in COVID isolation, who are often quite sick, often very sick, should be working harder because he worked hard when he was in COVID isolation. Now, I don't know what Scott Morrison's symptoms were. I take him at his word that he had COVID. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because there's a number of employers, many of whom undoubtedly donors to the Liberal Party, who insist on quite high levels of evidence that you're unwell and can't come to work. Scott Morrison attacking people for not working harder while they have COVID shows how desperate and chaotic his campaign has become. Compare that to Labor's campaign launch today in Perth. A show of strength, of unity, a clarity of purpose. Mark McGowan received absolute raucous applause. Peter Malinowskis, the new Premier of South Australia, was there. And of course, they were both there because one of the things that Labor is going to do is build an electric vehicle superhighway from Perth to Adelaide. They're going to make batteries here, a billion dollars. We have all of the minerals, a billion dollars to make Australia a renewable energy superpower. Manufacturing, making the renewable energy jobs of the future. 604,000 new jobs in the renewable energy plan will be delivered under labour. 465,000 fee-free TAFE places, changing people's lives, giving people the best possible start and the best possible restart. These are fundamental, fundamental improvements. And of course, putting in the Fair Work Act an aim to close the gender pay gap so that it becomes part of the purpose of our industrial relations system. Regular listeners to The Week on Wednesday will know we've talked about how Labor has committed to putting job security as part of the Fair Work Act aims. When something 
And the purpose of the law is to improve and close the gender pay gap and improve job security. That becomes a basis for so much improvement. It becomes a basis for taking action, for changing regulations, for legal cases, for improving working people's lives. And of course, once again, Anthony Albanese promised pay rises for aged care workers to put nurses in nursing homes and cheaper childcare for 96% of Australian families. Huge, transformational, productivity-improving policy that will allow people to work without losing so much of what they earn in having childcare or in having to care for ageing elders who can't access the care they need in the system that Morrison has allowed to fall down around our ears. At the same time, Labor is doing something about the housing crisis. There's a lot of media discussion about the new shared equity scheme that will help 10,000 lower income families buy into the market while the government takes an equity position. That means the government will own part of the home and if you sell the home, the government gets part of the sale price. This gives people a foot on the property ladder. Morrison's government has come out and attacked this. This is a program that works in other countries. There is a similar program already in place in WA. Shared equity home ownership schemes help lower income families own their own home, break the cycle of evictions, break the cycle of cost that's involved with having to move every time a lease expires. There are real transactional costs when you've got to move home every 12 months. We break that cycle and we give people a real chance to own their own home and get to the point that when they retire, they own their own home outright. And they join that one third of Australians that James Campbell doesn't seem to acknowledge even exists, who are mostly retirees, who own their own home outright. 10,000 families. Fantastic. On top of that, 20,000 social housing units and another 10,000 affordable homes. That's 40,000 homes for Australians and Australian families. 40,000 additional homes. David Spears on Insiders Today said there's around 350,000 property transactions in Australia every year. Now, my maths isn't great, but 40,000 out of 350,000 is around 12%. Suddenly, we're increasing supply of housing. We're giving more supply of housing making it more affordable and more available, not just jacking up the price, which is what every single Morrison government program has done. Access your super and the price goes up by 10 grand. Here's a grant and the price goes up by the grant. Waive some stamp duty and the price goes up by the stamp duty waiver. 
increasing supply is what's needed. And what James Campbell and the Morrison government seem to refuse to acknowledge is that inflation is being driven by a lack of supply, not by wage growth, which is non-existent. Wages went backwards $800 last year and backwards $2,000 this year. Yet Morrison and his cheerleaders in the Murdoch press seem to think that the answer is to cut wages once again. The answer is to improve productivity. It's to improve the capacity of workers to get higher wages, to meet those higher costs, and to increase supply, to reduce to reduce the price and the profiteering that goes on. And of course, no Labor campaign announcement would be complete without a recommitment to a federal ICAC. Of course, absolutely 100%, Anthony Albanese has promised to deliver a federal ICAC. So think about this. Royal Commission into robo-debt, reforms to the NDIS, job security and closing the gender pay gap, housing policy that increases supply, a billion dollars to manufacture batteries and mineral processing here in Australia, 604,000 new jobs in renewables, 465,000 fee-free TAFE places, nurses in nursing homes, wage increases, for aged care workers, cheaper childcare for 96% of Australian families, and cheaper medicines by $12.50 a script, capped at a maximum of $30 per script. That's Labor's offering. And on top of that, a federal ICAC. What's Morrison offering? Well, so far, all we've seen from Morrison is a tour of donors and outsourcers, and exploiters, wage thieves. I really can't tell you what a Morrison government would do if re-elected. I can tell you that if it continues like it has, there'll be more corruption, there'll be more pork barrelling, there'll be more oppression of workers, more downward pressure on wages, more profiteering, and ministers who, quite frankly, don't care about the people who their policy portfolio is supposed to help, but seem to think that ideologically they're the minister against the thing that they're supposed to be for. So put the Liberals last. Vote one Labor and put the Liberals last. That's my message to you. I want to thank everybody who has supported the week on Wednesday over the last 18 months. We have been having a fantastic run. We've had four record-breaking months in a row for the last four months. We launched our supporter page, buymeacoffee.com slash week on Wednesday, and your contributions have allowed us to reach more people than ever before. We reach over 40,000 people every single month. Huge numbers. We really, really appreciate your support. You can check out that supporter page. This week, Van and I will be joined by Stephen Donnelly from Socially Democratic, another great podcast, uh, and we really hope you'll tune in for that. We'll have that up on Wednesday night, so you can check that out and have a listen. 
Until then, be kind to yourself and to each other.